Chapter Sixteen of Jetta of the Lowlands by Ray Cummings. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Planning the ransom. I was awakened by the sound of low voices outside my tent. Jetta's voice and De Beers, and mingled with them the babble of the still hilarious bandits in the center of the cave. But there were only a few left now. Most of them had fallen into heavy slumber. I had been asleep for several hours, I figured. The daylight shadows outside the cave entrance showed that it was at least noon. I lay listening to the voices which had awakened me. De Beer was saying, But why, Jetta, should I bother with your ideas? I know what is best. This ransom is too dangerous to arrange. His voice sounded calmly good-humored. I could hear in it now more than a trace of alcoholic influence. He added, I think we had better kill him and have done. My men think so, too. Already I have caused trouble with them by bringing him. It jolted me to full wakefulness. Jetta's voice. No, I tell you it can be arranged, Hendrick. I have been thinking of it, planning it. Child, well, what? The least I can do is listen. I am no pig-headed American. Say it out. What would you do to ransom him safely? They were just at the foot of my ledge, in front of De Beer's tent. Their voices rose so that I could hear them plainly. From all my start at being awakened, to hear my death determined upon. I recalled that I was almost equally startled by Jetta's voice. Her tone, her manner with De Beer, whatever opportunities they had had for talking together, the change in their relationship was remarkable. De Beer was now flushed with drink, but for all that he had obviously still a firm grip upon his wits, and I heard Jetta now urging her ideas upon him with calm confidence, an outward confidence, yet under it there was a vibrant emotion suppressed within her even tone, a hint of tremulous fright, a careful calculation of the effect she might be making upon De Beer. Had he not been intoxicated with drink and with her, he might have sensed it, but he did not. Hendrick, it can be done, a big price, why not? Because if we are trapped and caught, of what use is the price we might have gotten? Tell me that, wise one. We will not be trapped, and suppose you kill him. Won't they track you just the same, Hendrick? No, we would leave his body on some crag where it would be found. The patrols would more quickly tire of chasing a killer when the damage is done. They want Grant alive. Then let them have him alive, for a big price. Hendrick, listen. Well, what, he demanded again, what is your plan? Why, well, Hendrick, like this. She stammered, and I realized that she had no plausible plan. She was fumbling, groping, urging upon De Beer that I must be ransomed alive. But she had no good reason for it. Well, he prompted impatiently, you can raise Great New York on your audiophone, Hendrick? Yes, he said. Hanley's office? Yes, no doubt. Cha. That would give him a start, wouldn't it? De Beer calmly calling him. He was laughing. 
I heard what sounded as though he were gulping another drink. By damn, Jetta, you are not the timid bird you look. Call Hanley, huh? Yes, can it be done, and still bar his instrument from locating us? Yes, and bar his television. Believe it, Jetta, I have every device for hiding. But call Hanley? Why not? Hendrick, stop. I started. It seemed that he was embracing her, forcing half-drunken caresses upon her. I scrambled through my tent doorway, but Gutierrez, who had come back on guard, at once seized me. Why, so haste, back you. The Spaniard spoke softly, and he was grinning. The chief plays with women's words, no? Charming, senorita, though she dresses like a boy. But that is the more charming, eh? Listen to her, Grant. He gripped me and prodded my side with the point of his knife blade. Lie down, Americano. We will listen. Jetta was insisting. Hendrick, stop. Why? I could see them now. They were seated before the opening of De Beer's tent, a little stove in front of them. Coffee for Jetta, who was seated cross-legged, pouring it. A bowl of drink for De Beer, and some baked breadstuff dainties on a platter. Hendrick. She pushed him away as he leaned to embrace her. Although she was laughing with him, I could only guess at the chill of fear that might be in her heart. Foolish, Hendrick. Foolish little bird, Jetta mine. You, it is you who are foolish, Hendrick. She slid from his embrace and held her brimming coffee cup balanced before her to ward him off. You think I am really clever, so trust me, Hendrick. Oh, there is a great future for us. You say I inspire you. Let me. Hendrick de Beer, chieftain of the lowlands. My father would have helped you become that. You can build a little empire, Hendrick. Why not? Father wanted to make you president of Narita. Why not build your own lowland empire? We have a hundred men now. Why not gather a thousand, ten thousand, an empire? Ave Maria from Gutierrez. This Nina thinks big thoughts. De Beer raised his bowl. An empire. De Beer of the lowlands. Go on. You amuse me. We have a nice start with this treasure. Yes, and the ransom money. But you will take me first to Cape Town, Hendrick. We can be married there. I am seventeen in a month. Of course, Jetta, haven't I promised? There was no convincingness to me in the way he said it. Of course, to Cape Town for our marriage. Stop, Hendrick, be serious. He had reached for her again. Don't be a fool, Hendrick. Very well, he said. I am all serious. What is your plan? She was more resourceful this time, she retorted. This craven Grant, he fears for his life, but he is very smart, Hendrick. I think he is scheming every moment how he can be safely ransomed. Ah, no doubt of that. And he has experience with Chief Hanley. He knows Hanley's methods, how Hanley will act. Let us see what Grant says of this. She had no plan of her own, but she hoped that by now I had one, and she was making an opportunity for me to put it before De Beer. He said, There is sense to that, Jetta. If there is a way to fool Hanley, 
that craven American has no doubt thought it out. She held another drink before him. Yes, let us see what he says. He drank, and again, as they were near together, he caressed her. What a schemer you are, little bird. You and I are well matched, huh? Gutierrez may be watching us, she warned. They suddenly looked up and saw Gutierrez and me. Ha, ah, fortunately, it struck the beer into further good humor. Ha, ah, we have an audience. Bring down the prisoner, Gutierrez. Let's see if his wits can get him out of this plight. Come on down, Grant. Gutierrez shoved me down the ladder ahead of him. De Beer stood up and seized me. His great fingers dug into my shoulder. Sit down, American. It seems you are not to die. Perhaps not. The strength of his fingers was hurting me. He hoped I would wince. Mine was now an ignominious roll, indeed. Yet I knew it was best. I gasped. Don't do that. You hurt. He chuckled and cast me loose. I added, with a show of spirit, You are a bullying giant just because you are bigger than I am. Hear that, Jetta? The American finds courage with his coming ransom. He shoved me to the ground. Gutierrez grinned and withdrew a trifle. Jetta avoided meeting my gaze. Have some coffee, De Beer offered. Alcohol is not good for you. Now say... Have you any suggestions on how I can safely ransom you? It seemed that Jetta was holding her breath with anxiety, but I answered with an appearance of ready eagerness. Yes, I have. I can arrange it with complete safety to you, if you give me a chance. You've got your chance. Speak out. You promise you will turn me alive, not hurt me? The devil, yes, you have my promise, but your plan had better be very good. It is. I told it carefully. The details of it grew with my words. Jetta joined in it. But most of all, it did indeed sound feasible. But it must be done at once, I urged. The weather is right. Tonight it will be dark. Overcast. Not much wind. Don't you think so? He sent Gutierrez to the cave's instrument room to read the weather forecast instruments. My guess was right. Tonight, then, I said, if we linger, it only gives Hanley more time to plan trickery. Let us try and raise him now, Jetta suggested. The Dutchman Hans had joined us. He, too, seemed to think my ideas were good. Except for the guards at the cave entrance, all the other bandits were far gone in drink. With Hans and Gutierrez, we went to the instrument room to call Hanley. As we crossed the cave, with Hans and De Beer walking ahead together, De Beer spoke louder than he realized, and the words came back to me. Not so bad, Hans. We will use him, but I am not a fool. I'll send him back dead, not alive. A little knife thrust just at the end. Safest for us, huh, Hans? End of chapter 16